Hello everybody, my name is Neil White. I'm from Backpage. This is The Big Interview with Graham Hunter and you are listening to our Oscars show at the end of 2021. I'm only sorry this is purely an audio production because frankly you would not believe the evening wear on Graham Hunter and Pete Jensen right now. We have 11 statuettes to hand out across the next two shows and we've been asking our socios... Uh, those listeners who support us at patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter to send in their nominations. So, gentlemen, without further ado, let us begin. The first award to hand out as we look back on the year what's just finished goes to the best performer in a leading role, also known as the footballer of the year. We have nominations from our sponsors, Bet365 and our socios, including... These three. Salah, he wouldn't do it again, would he? Mo Salah has! Deja vu all over again! Here's Messi. Little tits of patter stride of Lionel Messi. Little touch back to him! Oh! And Lewandowski's there again and scores again. And yet again, it's a night where Robert Lewandowski is in the goals. You just can't keep him out. Karim Benzema was the other name to crop up more than once. Graham, who impressed you most in 2021? I was thrilled as a close Leo Messi watcher. Uh, I was thrilled that he won his Copa America. But kind of, uh, it was a bitter pill to watch the way they kicked the shit out of Brazil in order to do it. Uh, Lewandowski's numbers are big and bulging, Arnie style, but the more spinach he eats, the more he looks like a guy who's shooting fish in a barrel. Um, I'm going to say to you that the guy that possibly gave me the most enjoyment uh, where we work... Well, listen, Pete, you bought in any time you want and, and, and correct my stuttering. But, like, for, for my taste, it's, it's, it's between Calvin Ramsey at Aberdeen, um, Calvin Ballon d'Or, right back of the century, Karim Benzema and Vinicius. And I find it hard to separate the two because Vinicius has given me so much excitement since he arrived and now so much just... Professional satisfaction to see a guy maturing so quickly because the, we, across all our careers that doesn't always happen. But Benzema's that fine old port that's been maturing in a couple of days' time or probably when the associates are listening to this, he turns 35, he scored 35 goals in the calendar year. And when you work where Pete and I do and you, you get sometimes relatively close contact. I mean, we, I think we've both interviewed him, but he's a rare one-on-one. But you, you, you get to go to games and watch live without the eye of the TV camera showing you his, 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 his gliding, beautiful instincts and then his execution. I'm going to say that for the moment, given that he's turning 35 and simply because whenever you watch him, he just gives you so much respect and enjoyment the the suede-headed king of Madrid 
Kelly and Benzema. Gary, this is one for you both. Uh, uh, we've been watching the best of Benzema the last two years, which seems crazy for a guy who's you know been 33 and 34. But as since maybe Ronaldo's left Madrid, have we been watching the best of them? We're watching the best of Benzema. I'm watching the best of Modric as well. Um, the, the whole thing about play, what age players peak at has just completely changed over the last 10 years. And I think, yeah, the suede-headed king, as Graham says. He's not... My, my football of the year is Pedri. Um, I just thought it was an incredible story. I just absolutely loved every part of it. I loved, I loved him turning up for training with a plastic bag instead of a, instead of a Louis Vuitton... Um, uh, what do they call those things? Those, those Man bags. bag. You carry your toothbrush in, yeah. Um, I loved him going home in a taxi um, and there being uproar about why Barcelona allowed him to go home in a taxi. I don't know what people expected him to, to, to return home in a horse and carriage, maybe. I mean, he is important to the club, so maybe they should have taken better care of him. Um, I love the fact that he came from uh, seemingly nowhere. Kuh, I mean, we're going back into the year before last now, but Kuman sees him in pre-season and, and has to ask, you know, who the hell is this kid? Is this the one we're going to send out on loan? Uh, when he played against Italy in the semi-final of the Euros, it was his 62nd game of the season. Um, and he may be playing, paying for that now. I mean, he's currently, as we speak, um, not fit to play. Um, love the fact that he made it into the Spain squad, made it into the Spain team, made it into the team of, of Euro 2020 or Euro 21, whatever you, whatever you want to call it. Um and I think he's, he's my personal, he's the one that gave me the most pleasure to see his emergence and the way he played, player of the year, time, person of the year, build a rocket boys, Pedri. And, and, and he's got that little World War II building site urchin haircut and socks rolled down almost underneath his boots. You know, mooching about the pitch, going pass, yeah, no problem. Pass again, yeah, yeah, free on me, yeah, no problem. Come on, lads, let's play. If you want, uh, listeners, if you want to hear um, a little sort of time capsule of the optic of, of sort of Pedri mania um, during the summer of 2021, then dig out our daily shows from the from the Euros, and almost every time Spain play, I think Graham gets more and more excited about Pedri. Award number two is for the best performer in a supporting role. So the idea here is for the guy behind the guy, the unsung hero, the guy that maybe wouldn't get in the running for Ballon d'Ors or even big interview statuettes for performer in a leading role. But somebody like, according to our socios and sponsors, Rodri, Ruben Diaz, Cancelo, Man City, Billy Gilmore, Scotland, predominantly, Thomas Muller, gentleman, who else has caught your eye in the supporting role this year? Well, I was, I was looking at all these questions last night and I'd come up with Anko Correa um, for his toe poke winning, you know, uh, uh, via the lid that's just helped Atleti get over the line. Um, but then I kind of sat up, bolt upright in, in bed this morning at 4am and thought, no, it should be Azpilicueta, really. Um, it makes me laugh now that um, everyone's talking about, well, not everyone, but there are stories about one of the thousand players that Barca are being linked with is Azpilicueta. They should, have, they should have signed him about five or six years ago. They should have signed him when Alves left um, because he would have been the perfect equilibrio to Jordi Alba bombing up and down on the other side, playing him on the right. Um, it took so long for him to be recognised um, by the national team for various reasons. He went to every squad. Graham will know how many squads he went to without ever seeming to, to, to play a significant part 
And because Chelsea won the Champions League and because he was there and as such an important part of that team, it just became impossible to, to no longer consider him as someone who should be not just in the Spain squad, but in the Spain team. He has the great disadvantage that he's never played for Barcelona or Real Madrid, which is why he doesn't have any of the Spanish press behind him. But they just couldn't ignore him any longer when he, when he lifted the Champions League. And I thought he was brilliant in the summer at the Euros. Um, and uh, no one ever really ever really talks about him or didn't until this summer. So Azpilicueta is my unsung hero. Yeah, you, you, Neil, you've, you've got, Pete's got Tommy Tuchel applauding because first thing Tuchel did when he came into the club was change it to fight your know, three at the back with wing-backs and, and immediately made Azpilicueta a captain, you know, on basically recognising class and authority on site. They'd known each other sixteen minutes, but uh, but your statuette now is is from from my taste is going to go to probably one of the oldest winners in that he's seventy four, and the category as the as the academy sent it to me was unsung hero the guy behind the guy behind the guy well behind the guys, and it's Fernando Roich the the president of Villarreal who bought the club when it was uh, not in disrepair but it was. Modest would, would be the wrong description because they were training in a public park. They didn't have offices at the stadium where he could sign the deal to buy the club. He had, they had to go to a nearby restaurant. And over the years, people have got accustomed to the Yellow Submarine outperforming the size of its um, community. That's because in, business, in a business sense, this man is a billionaire. But his dream forever and ever has been to, to win the Champions League. They'd never really competed in a European final because the Intertoto Cup, I just don't think, counts. But when they get to Dansk, they've eliminated Arsenal. It's been ultra-tense. They're playing Manchester United in Poland. We're in the, the middle of the aftermath of the pandemic. Reutsch has a private plane ready to take him to Poland to see his team, his club, playing in the first proper European final against the the legends, the legendary club that is Manchester United. He's had COVID. He recovers. He gets a test. He flies to Gdansk. UEFA say you, your test hasn't been uh, done soon enough for us to allow you into the stadium. He has to get on this private jet, fly back to the um, eastern coast of Spain just in time to touch down and see his team playing astonishingly against Manchester United and winning one of the best shootouts that there's ever been, uh, certainly in a final, to lift a trophy. So the man behind the man behind the lads is Bernardo Reutsch, finally able to say, I brought European glory to the Yellow Submarine. And having been there in Dansk, it's, it was a sight I'll never forget. And I wish he'd been there to see it, but I bet that he popped a little bit of cava at home in VRL to celebrate the triumph. Well, from Cava to another bottle, um, statuette number three, the most promising newcomer, is the award for which the voting was as close to unanimous as can be, barring one nomination for the aforementioned Calvin Ramsey uh, from Sergio Robert McIntosh. Everybody else went for our most promising newcomer as a player who has emerged from your manner, gentlemen, in La Liga. It's the boy Gabby. Are we in agreement? Yeah, well, I think we are in unanimous agreement. Um, and to bring us a little bit of variety, I think I think Graham's come up with an alternative. But yeah, we're, we're in absolute agreement. Tenacious, technically brilliant, 
and just completely and utterly fearless. And I thought Lewis and Ricky took a bit of a gamble when he when he called him up, not because um, of w- whether or not Gavi was going to be, you know, good enough to play for Spain, but because he was open, he opened himself up to the accusation that he was helping out of power. Because I'm pretty sure, and, and, and Graham will confirm this, that Gavi's represented by good friends of Luis Enrique. Um, and so it could have looked a little bit murky, and this guy gets fast-tracked to the Spain team, you know, because my, my pal's his agent. Um, and, you know, those doubts lasted about 10 minutes or less of, of his first game for Spain. Um, and um, we, we, me and Graham did the game at the weekend, um, Barca against Osasuna. Um, and I mean, doing it with the tube is all I can do to make sure I don't miss the ball going into the back of the net. But Graham was able to take a take a kind of um, a more detailed look at what he was doing on the pitch, and he was just absolutely everywhere. Um, I mean, he seemed to be starting the game at left back in, in Chavi's new system, or at least the system for that game. And Graham said something during the game that I thought was spot on. He said, Osasuna fans would love to have Gavi. So this is someone who's not only got the brilliance to play for Barca, but he's also got the balls to, to, to be in it. If he was at Osasuna, he'd be an Osasuna caught here, Osasuna caught here already. Um, and, you know, the, the future's bright for Gavi and the future's bright for Barcelona if they build things around him. Yeah, Neil, uh, it's easy to agree with all the nominations and to agree with Pete because Gabby's so exciting and um, e- even to muck around with the Hansen phrase about winning stuff with kids. I-, I don't believe that I've ever seen a clutch of young footballers come through with such extraordinary ability to hit the ground instantly as Ansu, Pedri, Gavi, Nico, Araujo, Balde, in the Abde, Ilias, in, in that when the class of 92 came through, they went on to prove that to a man they were extraordinarily sporting, aggressive, competitive. Two or three of them turned out to be generational talents. Some by hard work in the case of Beckham, some by nature in the case of Giggs and Scholes. But they went on to to dominate England, to win a treble, the first treble England had ever seen. And therefore, there's no way that I'm going to compare this bunch and say they're going to do as well or or better. Because there's so many hurdles to come for a group of guys who are 17, 18 or 19, slightly older in in Araujo's case. Um... But to come into a crisis club, to come into a club where basically everything's turned to shit and to carry the responsibility and to prove yourselves is something different than I've ever seen. And so many at the same time um, in an era when Barcelona, you know, literally are, 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 you know, they've got the same vision as Ray Charles about how to sign talent in the, in the major market. And yet they're youngsters, whether they've been fully developed in the academy or they've been signed at a, you know, a relatively young age and, and brought in, or in the case of Petri, parachuted in and, and instantly looking like a Barca player. It's remarkable. And in this category, you said, you know, the ones you hadn't heard of um, a year and a bit ago, Gabby's a good one. But, but, but for contrast... I'm going to take a punt and say that Abde is utterly, utterly astounding. And not to oppose Pete's Gabby, because I'm an absolutely 24-carat, guaranteed Gabby fan. But Abde does things that, again, 
I, I, I can't remember seeing in a, in a guy of that age where his, his physical power, his dribbling skills, his one-on-one chutzpah matched with, he's, he's got a brain, he's got a football brain. The development path looks a little bit shorter than, than Vinicius did when he began to, to tempt us with his skills. And let's wait and see. But, you know, as we finish this year, although if you made me choose, if you made me go like, who'd you bet your life on? I'd be with Pete and I'd be with everybody else on Gabby. I'm going to say Abdi because there's something really special about his explosive technical skills and the fact that he can see when to pass and when to cross. And at the moment, people can't get near him. And he's the antithesis of where much of the rest of Spanish football has gone in that it's still quite slow and methodical, but there isn't the intensity that you see in Chelsea or Liverpool or Bayern Munich at their very, very best. But Abde has that too. So I'm going to throw Abde in there as a contender. Uh, And he can be a contender, but the king of the waterfront right now with Pete is Gabby. Okay, we're going to take a short break from our 2021 Oscars. We'll be back after these messages from our sponsors. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. And we're back with our fourth award, Best Director of Football. So this one um, recognises great uh, recruitment over 2021. Although, socio Ian Arnott, thanks very much, fires in a little addendum. He says Best Non-Executive Director goes to Graham Lasso. I think he's talking about this. I played against Beckham so many times I played against Ronaldo young Ronaldo when he made you know in his first season at United and you know luckily I had loads of experience and and he was young and he would do 87 step overs and and with experience you just watch the ball and then just exist yeah it reminded me of have you seen Raiders of the Lost Ark you know I'm obviously very um you know very well read Exactly, and then you just shoot them. <laughs> exactly, uh, that was that li- was... listeners. <laughs> Graham and Neil and I both wielded imaginary scimitars, <laughs> and then we're all waiting, and then we pull out the Luger and bang, you're dead. Yeah. As Graham did when he nicked the ball, Cristiano, who was standing there going, "You can't do this. I'm going to be CR7." <laughs> but Ian, as much as we enjoyed that, this award is for excellence in recruitment. Our nominees from our sponsors and our socios include the teams behind the recruitment of Chelsea and West Ham. Uh, Graham Hunter, which 
dealer, Arthur Daly, or uh, otherwise, has caught your attention? I have to stay Spain because that's my manner. And there, there are a number of competitors, but there are three principles competitors, I think. Miguel Angel Tena Villarreal, backed by the Reutsch family, obviously, and, and Dianesa. Antonio Cordon at uh, Real Betis. And a sprightly newcomer uh, as football director by the name of um, Florentino Perez. Because in the league where we work, uh, if you look at how Betis are playing and who they signed um, in this year, Bayerin, William Jose, Pesela, Edgar Gonzalez, Ruiz Silva, Sabali, we've yet to see, but he's, he's going to make a big difference to them once, they come in, once he comes in, I think. And if you look at how Madrid got Camavinga, who, who looks potentially a generational French talent at a very cheap price, got Alaba for free. And then if you decorate that a little bit with the way in which um, it's it's come good finally for, for Jovic, Madrid are in the argument at least. And the way in which Florentino Perez held out and said to Sergio Ramos, because the, the football director role is as much about how you pair, how you deadhead, they wouldn't do his new deal. They wouldn't give him the length. The money maybe, but less than he wanted, but that was negotiable. They wouldn't give him the length of contract. He's barely kicked the ball for Paris Saint-Germain since he left. Had he been the man at Real Madrid, then it would have looked as if, you know, they'd, they'd screwed it up, basically. And sometimes with a director of football, you, you do your best knowledge gathering and you flip a coin in the air because you can't know that a warrior, an athletic warrior like Ramos is going to be out for so long. But eventually, the evidence proves that he has been. So, um, in our league, maybe I'm going to go for Cordon. Um, with the Villarreal chief of football, to bring Capu in in the January market, see him play eight games in the Europa League and be man of the match in Dansk. That, that was an argument. But for my taste, Cordon has done that fantastic thing about uh, working to Real Betis's budget, working to the way that Pellegrini needs his footballers to, to play and perform, and pulling one out of the hat with Bayerin, who'd become a bit of a footnote at Arsenal, and is genuinely now beginning to look at his best again. He'll always be a slightly flawed defender, but his contribution is, is really, really good. And across the team... Betis, who are sitting in the top three right now in, in Spanish football and who've progressed in, in European football. And I think I've got Zenit is my memory, but I'm, you know, given I, I rely on software, I could be wrong. Um, it's a happy time to be watching Real Betis. And Cordon has had his role in it. So that's my man. That's my winner. Give him the statuette now or, or else listen to Pete. I tried to pick someone other than Real Madrid, but I just couldn't see past them. I think they're taking everyone's pants down at the moment in the transfer markets, pretty much market after market. And um, and Graham's already said it last summer, Camavinga, I think, is going to be very, very useful this season. And Alaba was a masterstroke, and so was moving out Ramos. Um, The trouble is picking Real Madrid is who who is the sporting director? I mean, Graham's talked about Perez. I don't think it is Perez anymore. I think I think in the past he's he's been more active. We know after after the or during the 2014 World Cup was it he sat um, in his big armchair with his remote control in one end and his mobile in the other, and he picked out Cruz, Rodriguez, and and um, and uh, Navas, and you know they were the three signings. 
But uh, there's a guy in the in the background there called uh, Juni Calafat who I've tried to to get to interview. I've I've tried to even have a conversation with him off the ref- record, and it's it's very difficult to do things like that at Real Madrid. They're they're very much not an open book sort of club, but you know it's time to start giving this guy some credit because you know the the Madrid of the next four or five years is going to be built around Brazilians, Vinicius, Rodrigo, goes. Um, Militao, Casemiro will go on for, for many, many more seasons. And this guy seems to be the common link between all those signings. Um, um, I think he, I've read somewhere yesterday that he was brought in under uh, Ramon Martinez in 2013 just as a scout. He was, uh, he was working with uh, a TV company, he was a commentator. Um, and uh, then he became global head of global scouting, and you know, so he's in there in the mix. I don't know what part Jose Angel Sanchez plays as well, but they are getting it right. They made a they made the decision that that um, that um, I was going to say Barcelona didn't make, um, and that's true to an extent. A good few years back, they were going to stop trying to buy players, with the exception of Hazard, stop trying to buy players for 100 million and buy them for 40 million before they before they become 100 million euro players. Uh, that's that's um, working with uh, with bells and ribbons on as far as Vinicius goes, and um, you know when you compare them to the other lot and the state they're in, and the fact they go on making these these mistakes, um, and I and Bartomeu was horrendous, but I think Laporte was poor as well in the summer, um, and whoever was deciding who came in in the summer, so at the moment it has to be Real Madrid. We have time for one more award before the end of part one. Guys, this one is best producer, which goes out to coach of the year. So when we asked our socios and our sponsors at Bet365, there were multiple shouts for two um, coaches at different points in their career. One was for Davey Moyes, beginning to guess. And the other was for Antoni Iraola. So I don't know if, Graham, do you want to start by talking about Iraola a little bit and then maybe decide where you want to place your pin on this map? Yeah, I think one of the um, things that we turn most attention to now um, is the way in which coaches, managers, call them what you will, need to persuade, need to convince. The Not at Rio, but the vast majority of footballs, including at West Ham, are now so wealthy and have such robust agents that if things are going a little bit um, smelly at the club and you ain't best pals with a manager and blah, blah, blah. You'll get a move and you'll probably get a loan move and then another loan move and then somebody will buy you for big money and you're earning so much that it's only the players who are really hungry to excel and hungry to, to play all the time that that reset and restart themselves. And therefore, one of the biggest... No, not one of. Maybe one of because injuries now with the way we squeeze the fuck out of our top players... One of the biggest tasks is for a coach to try and get in the mind, to get in the psyche of a guy who's often earning as much as him, if not more, who is often 20, 30, maybe even 40 years younger than him. And in that sense, uh, David Moyes has done a, a job whereby it isn't just admirable the results West Ham get or where they are in the league or how they've done in Europe. It's that they're playing with a slightly different brand of football than we've ever seen David preaching before. 
Now, maybe that was because of needs must. But I remember last season fairly early on when he got a point or a late win um, in the in the West Ham Stadium and he was fuming and he, he wouldn't have it in the interview afterwards and it was all about this isn't the way I want them to play. And since then, a lot of people have commented on the fact that he's been able to replant seeds without a hostile hectoring crowd there. But once they're back... Um, He's generated total belief and conviction amongst the players. Mikel Antonio is one that's obviously never played better. Um, you'd say that his signings show the hallmarks of the guy who will go up and down motorways all night on working weeks so he can say, I've seen the player. I know the cut of this guy's jib. I'm not relying on a computer. I'm not relying on an agent. I'm not even relying on my scouts. So he's in the mix for me. And... Iraola has done something very similar. The playing style at Rio, for my taste, is is not basic as a in terms of anything uh, pejorative, but it's it's straightforward and the players understand it. And uh, Neil Martin, you and I sat with me with Michael Loudrop when he talked about the instructions Cruyff used to give, and I was kind of hoping he would explain and decipher genius. And he went short and simple. He gave a short, simple, clear advice that convinced us. And yes. Somebody like me, who, if you wanted to know more and you went and said to him, why are we doing this? He'd tell you. But communicating short, simple, clear, effective goblets of the right information is is where it's at. It's where it's always been at. Irola has got that. And therefore, a contender for those two. And, and you know, I'm going to give my, my vote to Moisey because uh, we like him. We appreciate him. All of us have known him for a long time. Uh, it makes me happy to see him happy. And West Ham's a club I've got an awful lot of affection for. I like going there, and um, they've had some tough. They've had some tough years, but Ancelotti needs to be in the mix because there was a lot of grief about him at Everton second half of the season about how it faded, and he himself said he was a little bit surprised to get the call from Florentino to come back. And irrespective of the way in which the midfield is playing or Benzema is playing, because they're all self-starters, they're self-cleaning ovens. The difference he's made to Vinicius, the difference he's made to Eder Militao in, in terms of how he's convinced about his ability to take the right options and Alaba's help there. But if you look at the change in Vinicius, Jovic and Eder Militao under Ancelotti, you've got a real contender to Irola and Tuchel and David Moyes and Tuchel can't be out of the conversation. But as you correctly predicted, momentarily, um, given that uh, my view will change when Rio get Champions League football at the end of the season and Irola is hoisted on a sedan chair all the way from Madrid up to Bilbao to take over from Marcelino. Um, yeah, it's Moisey. Great to see um, David Moyes doing, doing well. He treated me very nicely when I went up to um, San Sebastian when he was there and... Um, uh, they, they liked him up there. I mean, he obviously didn't get the results, but we, we, we went um, we went pincho bar hopping, and uh, it was like the old Fosters ever. Hello, hello, there he is. It's David. It's David. Hello, David. Hello, David. He was a popular man, and um, although it didn't work out, I think everyone in San Sebastian will be happy to see that he's that he's doing well again. Um, and isn't it a reaffirmation of the reason why we all hated the, the Super League idea that next season we might have Rio Vallecano and West Ham in the Champions League and Barcelona not? But um, my manager of the season is um, is Manuel Pellegrini. 
Um, if I let me get this right, uh, Betis have won twenty eight games this calendar year, and they must still have a couple to play, at least one. So obviously, if they win that last game, it'll be twenty nine, and that'll be a new club record. They've never won as many games in one year. I thought they massively overachieved last season, finishing sixth. They're now overachieving as we as we're recording this. They're third. Um, and I actually don't think the squad is that great. Um, and I and I think um, I think with a less competent manager, they could quite easily be in the bottom half. You know, just trying to keep their their heads above water. I think he's getting he's getting a better level that, out of that squad than um, than the players that, he, that he's got available to him. And um, he's a manager who, with the exception actually of West Ham, has always done well wherever he's gone. He only had one season at Madrid and it was the season when Ronaldo was injured most of the time. So that, for me, explains why um, he didn't win anything there. Um, but what he achieved at Malaga and what he achieved at Villarreal. And, and he's doing likewise at Betis. They're absolute joy to watch. They hammered Real Sociedad 4-0 at the weekend. Um, and, and I just think Manager of the Year awards should always, should always look to overachievement. And I think he's, I think he's overachieving at Betis. Which brings us to the end of part one of our Oscars show. Hey, hold on, oh. Neil. Hold on, Neil. You're you're not gonna you're not gonna mark the fact that there were shots fired there. You're just gonna let that go about Betis's squad, are you? And the Spanish pronunciations count, and I'm disappointed in Pete, who's usually one of the finest. But I think you'll find that that East End of London club is pronounced Stam. Okay, just as long as we've got we've got Stam. things marked down. Well, that's now, part now, of the reason Neil. why he never quite made it there because he couldn't quite. <laughs> Okay, Neil, I'm done. Okay, listen, it's time for you two to have an outfit change, and we'll be back before you can say Jimmy Cricket with the rest of our award winners. <laughs> 